Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. I just kind of want to throw down a background on baptism, what this thing, whole thing is all about. I know everybody was like, jump to like, let's do this thing. But I think there's more. I know there's more to this whole thing than what we, any of us probably grasp. And even my like understanding of it is like little and God's going to grow it and continue to grow it. But baptism is this really crazy thing that happened even before like Jesus was doing his thing. You know what I mean? Who, who did the baptizing before Jesus was around? John the, oh, that's why they called him that. Okay, cool. And John the Baptist just so happened to be Jesus's cousin. Interesting, right? And that's the whole thing. Like when Mary was pregnant and went to visit her, um, I guess her cousin, Elizabeth, right? Who's her cousin? Cousin, sister? Anyway, cousin. So they were second cousins or whatever, right? It's like, the baby leapt in Elizabeth's womb. Like John the Baptist like did a flip in Elizabeth's belly when Mary walked up with Jesus in her belly like crazy, right? Like, oh yeah, try aborting that. Come on, like, anyway. That one was for free. Okay. I mean, come on. These like babies recognize the presence of God. That's crazy good. So Jesus is there, and John the Baptist is there. I assume they grew up and knew each other and all this stuff, and there was all this prophetic word about John. John, um, John the Baptist was to be the, like, to um, lay out, and what was the word? The forerunner, the, help me out. What? The harbinger. Harbinger, harbinger, whatever it would be. Yeah, that's not the word I'm thinking of, but he was going to prepare the way for Jesus to come, right? This whole thing. So there was this whole thing that spurred it up and sprouted up was that John was going around and he was saying, repent of your sins. Think differently. Turn around. Stop behaving like this. And this was new because all the Jews had before was if you sin, you go take an animal and you shed its blood and you sacrifice and cover your sins and take care of it. And yeah, I guess it's probably good not to keep sinning because you really want to be perfect. And that was the whole deal with the law, right? But then it comes along John the Baptist and he says, look, just, just turn your heart to God and repent for your sins and be baptized. And so all these people were like, okay, I can do that. So he starts taking all these people and dunking them underwater and bringing them up. And goes like, yes, and now, you know, leave your sinful way. Like that was like what John, he was a baptism of repentance. Does that make sense? So that was kind of how that all got going. And then Jesus shows up to John. One day, and John's out baptizing people, and they're going like, yes, I need to change my life. You know, it was really good, but there wasn't like the Holy Spirit thing involved in it at that point. So Jesus comes along, and Jesus comes to John and says, I need to be baptized. And John goes, what for? Are you kidding? You're the perfect one. Like, he's like, I've grown up with you. You're, I get in trouble for everything, right? Like, it's like, yeah, Jesus did it. No, he didn't. You know, like, you don't get out of anything with this, right? So John the Baptist is all like, what? I'm not even worthy to untie your sandals, let alone baptize you. And Jesus says, no, this has got to happen. It's kind of like Trenton was like, yeah, I need to get baptized. It's got to happen right here. You know what I mean? So this is, and then Brent did the same thing. And then everybody was like, yeah, let's do it. So, um, so Jesus goes and John's like, are you okay? Like you can imagine like son of God, I'm going (laughs) to. What if I what if I drop him? You know, that's bad. It's like bad, scary moment, maybe. Like, what if this one doesn't come back up? That's bad. Like, a lot of words on that one. Like, whoops. Um, 
But Jesus gets baptized, and it says that as he came up out of the water, you guys know the story, right? Heaven opens up. This is cool, visual picture. And it says the Holy Spirit came down out of heaven in bodily form, not a, not a human body, but as a dove. Like literally a dove goes and rests. It says alights upon Jesus. I don't really know what that word means. It's just in the Bible. But it basically means like it rests. It's like... You know, doves are peaceful, right? They're not like, like, it's not like a seagull. They're like, you know, you picture it, a light. You know, that's a, that's a single word, not a light. It's a light. It alighted upon his head. And this is wild because the Holy Spirit now engages the baptism process in a really cool way. And then it goes on that, like, what is the very next thing that Jesus does? Anybody know? Like in the actual book, it like lists all that goes, and this is Jesus, son of so-and-so, son of so-and-so. It's like, it's like 25 verses of son of so-and-so. It goes all the way back to Abraham, gives the entire lineage of Jesus. And you're like, is this the right time for this? I don't know. Like, it's like he just got the Holy Spirit like a dove. Now let's give his family tree. I don't know. But I don't understand all that stuff. And every time I get really into that stuff, I go like, oh, my gosh, there's this cool part of it. And But... The next thing that we see happen, the very beginning of the next chapter is Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness or desert to be tempted. You're like, are you kidding me, Holy Spirit? Like, this was a big moment I just had. And the first thing you're going to do is lead me out into the desert alone, all by myself, because I was with all my people, and now I'm going to be alone. Some of you that got baptized at the beach trip might feel that way this week. I was with everybody. It was so awesome. I got baptized, and now I'm in the wilderness at home alone every day. Like, right? Anybody have this feeling? I, there we see. This is like this moment, but it's like the Holy Spirit actually led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. Satan shows up, okay, and tempts Jesus for forty days. Jesus eats nothing drinks nothing, and he's tempted by not demons, which most of us get our temptation through, right? You know, Jesus or Satan's like, nah, guys, I got this one. Like, seriously, he steps in himself to tempt the Son of God in person and does this whole three different temptations, and Jesus goes, no, 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 victory. He uses scripture and quotes like the truth of God's word to refute everything the devil says. And what's really interesting is the devil even uses scripture to tempt him. So just because it's scripture doesn't mean it's holy. Got it? It's a matter of knowing and applying what God's word is and accurately utilizing what God's word says, not just throwing stuff out because it feels right in the moment. Okay? That's not what the word of God is meant for because Satan knows the word of God better than I do probably. You know? But it doesn't mean he knows how to use it because he goes and he throws this stuff at Jesus in a totally defiling manner, tempts him like crazy. Jesus comes out of the thing. What happens right after the 40 days? Oh, I got to backtrack one second. What did God say when the Holy Spirit came down and alighted on Jesus? Yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously. I think I said that right after you got baptized. I was like, I'm so proud of you. It's kind of the same thing. Okay. God comes out of the sky, but, you know, not the same thing because I'm not God, right? God speaks out of the sky. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased, okay? 
we fast forward back into the temptation. What is the very first temptation Satan brings to Jesus when he's in the wilderness? What does he say? What are the words out of his mouth? Uh, not yet. What does he say right before that? That was the temptation. But what was the first phrase Satan said right after Jesus heard? If, well, I heard it over here. What? If you are the son of God. So, just right before this, we hear God speak out of the clouds, like, you know, Holy Spirit, dove, the whole amazing, that was so awesome, retreat moment, you know. God spoke to you, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Satan comes back and goes, if you are the son of God, and questions the last thing that he heard from God. It's his M.O. So watch yourself. When you hear God's voice, watch yourself, because the devil's going to come and try to go, hey, about that thing you heard. He'll question it, and he'll cause you to question it and go, oh, maybe you were just all emotional. You know, like, no, you heard God. And Jesus stepped into the wilderness, conquered the temptation, walked through it, and I'll say this to you, Jesus dealt with way more temptation than you you or I will ever, ever, ever experience. He got it all. He even grew up without a dad just so you know. That's tough. He went through it. He can relate. He can experience. experience. The last notice we have of Joseph in the Bible, his dad, was when Jesus was 12 years old and they lost him at the temple for three days. That's a good dad moment, right? Yeah, mom and dad, they lost him, right? For three days. They're like, where's Jesus? The son of God who's supposed to save us all. Like, oh my gosh, what have we done, right? 12 years old. We don't have any mention. We do see, though, that it, like, contextually and all that, that Joseph passed away somewhere in the line of this whole thing. So Jesus grew up without a father. So he gets it. It's part of the real deal. Jesus walked through temptation of all types, of every kind, and took it on, refuted it with God's truth and God's word, walked through this whole thing. What happens when Jesus comes out of, the, out of this wilderness? He, he eats, yeah, and then... He begins his ministry. And suddenly we get water into wine. Demons cast out. Children raised from the dead. Adults raised from the dead. People get like all kinds of blind people healed. Lepers healed. Crippled people. Yeah, we could go down the whole stinking list. All these miracles begin to happen in Jesus' life. Because he was obedient to God. Went through baptism recognized the power of what just happened there. Holy Spirit came. This is huge, big thing. I'm going to commit my heart, commit myself to lock this thing in. And he took 40 days and fasted and prayed and spent it with God. That's a pretty big deal. Jesus goes through all of his ministry years and does all these incredible miracles. And it's all this explosion. And then it starts talking about Jesus and his disciples baptized all these people into the baptism of Jesus Christ because there was the baptism of repentance that John did and now there's this baptism of Jesus Christ. Well, this is a new big thing, right? And it's like better and yet, but guess what? Jesus didn't do any of those baptisms. It says that specifically in the scripture. It's like his disciples did all the baptisms. Jesus would teach, people would come and be like, and he'd be like, and then all the disciples would be like, let's go, you know, dunk them all down. Just a history lesson. I'm sorry if it's super boring, but it's all, this all comes together because there's this point where Jesus then, as he 
goes to, you know, the cross, resurrected, comes back, talks to his disciples. And right before he leaves, he says, very soon, the Holy, you're, going to be, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So now this is the new baptism that Jesus brought. Does this make sense? John brought one. Jesus' disciples brought a new one. Jesus brought the baptism of the Holy Spirit that came and he promised it. And he said, what did he tell his disciples when he left? Anybody remember? Go to. No, not Nineveh. That was back. That was Jonah. Good, good try. No, it's okay. Where did he say? He said, go to Jerusalem. All right, good. Yeah, you got it. You picked up that one. Jerusalem and wait there. And it says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power from on high. There's something huge here. And it's actually this double thing that happens because Jesus, when he comes into the upper room, when they're all afraid and all this stuff, and he walks through the wall and, you know, it's a big deal because he's resurrected, you know, and Chris Valentin likes to say it. He doesn't use the door because he is the door, (laughs) right? He just like puts himself in the wall. I am the door, right? That's the Bible says that somewhere else if you're totally missing that reference. But Jesus said, I am the door. He walks in and he says, he he reveals himself to his disciples and it says he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Breathed on them. (sighs) Your breath in my lungs. So I pour out your praise, right? Come on, that's the breath that God gave us at creation. We talked about that at the beach, right? He breathed on them and and they received the Holy Spirit. He said, it's okay. Now you got the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to wait. And I want you to pray. And I want you to be ready. Because when... Because the next thing that's coming is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because that doesn't happen yet. He breathed on them and it says they received the Holy Spirit. Then, 50 days later, they're all like praying together. And, you know, this is what we call Pentecost, right? Yeah. The Holy Spirit comes and they get baptized by the Holy Spirit. Ooh, the promise came. Funny, Jesus took 40 days. Holy Spirit took 50 days. Whatever, I don't know if it, but it's, it's, a, it's an amount of time that seems extreme, maybe. How many of you have ever prayed for 50 straight days in a room with a bunch of people? Like, that's, that's pretty intense. I have not ever done that, okay? But these people went, and they were like, Jesus just told us to go and wait till the Holy Spirit comes, and we'll get power. You're like, all right, I want power. Let's go. And this happens, and the Holy Spirit comes, and we see like this. It's not a dove. This time, it's actually fire, and it says that, little tongues of fire came and rested upon the heads of the disciples and they started speaking out in all these crazy languages and acting really crazy. Okay, because I think if anyone, like if I just suddenly started speaking Chinese right now and one of you recognized it and you're like, wow, he's speaking Chinese. Would you think that I was drunk? No, that would be like, whoa. Whoa. But here's the other thing is that there was these people speaking all these languages and there was all these people in the city of Jerusalem at this time and Jesus was not accidental or, ooh, this is a random coincidence moment that you're in Jerusalem at the time of year when all these nations had come together in Jerusalem because there was people from like all different backgrounds and all different language happened to be in Jerusalem. So Jesus sent them to Jerusalem on purpose to be there. When this happened, so then they all start speaking in tongues, okay? That's what we know this as tongues, right? They all start speaking these languages. They're like, like, what's going on? We don't know. But all these people start going, wait, why do I, how do they know my language? How are they saying? And 
come to find out they're speaking in like 60 different languages all at one time. And people are hearing and gathering and coming going, what is saying? And then there were other people that were like, what are they? They're just all drunk. It's just totally crazy. So I think their behavior was probably a little bit outlandish also. Because I think if they were all just quoting, you know, perfect Mandarin, the gospel in Mandarin, I don't think anyone would have been like drunkards. It would have been like, wow, they are educated. You know, like, so there had to have been, there had to have been some context in this moment where their behavior was a little bit out of, out of sorts. Right? Because then the, the response was of the disciples, it's like, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. They are not drunk. It's the Holy Spirit. So something looked like drunkenness that was going on in this mix. We don't have a lot of details about it, but there were enough people on the street going, they're drunk, they're idiots. Like, they were like, no, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. No one's drunk at 9 o'clock in the morning. Like, that's crazy. You know, like, it's the Holy Spirit. And people might have been like, oh, I don't believe that. You catch what's going on here? And they received a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it was like 3,000 people came to the Lord that day. Would I mean, come on. Like, would you pray for 50 days if you were sure you'd get 3,000 of your friends to come to know the Lord in a single day? I think you'd, I think, listen, if you're like, I don't have 3,000 friends, how about all of CV High School? Come on. These were not all friends of the disciples. There was just a manifestation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that happened in this place in such immense power and miraculous movement of God and what he was doing. And some of you felt that same spirit happening to you on the beach on Monday morning. And it's like, I've got to get in the water and move forward in this thing. This is the expectation is Jesus is like God, Jesus, Holy Spirit all together are like, we want you to win. And we've set it up perfectly for you. It's like sitting down at a chessboard where you're one move away from a checkmate and go like, I'm the champion. Like he did all the work except moving that last piece. Checkmate on the enemy. And what you guys did that got baptized on, on Monday and, and those of you who have been baptized before and those of you who are going to get baptized at some point is going to happen, all right, Okay. You stepped into that motion, into the game with God and said, I'm moving, the, I'm moving the last piece. Now we can stand in victory. And as I was out there in the water with each of you, I, I said it. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Do you believe that he rose again from the dead to conquer the power of sin over your life so that you can walk out of this water free from that power? It does not have you anymore. That's what it means to put the old man to death under the water, come back out of the water to brand new life and leave him there forever. But guess what? You have a choice still. God let, God's so good, he lets you keep choosing. So he'll allow you, he'll allow you to reach right back into that water and pull, resurrect that dead man, put him back on your shoulder and carry him again. But why would you want to? This looks like something. To get baptized is a transformation. It's a new thing. And there's a moving forward with an expectation of winning. Jesus didn't go into the desert for 40 days going, oh, man, that was a really good experience. Now this sucks, Dad. 
He went into the, the desert going, 40 days, I'm pressing through, I'm going to whoop the devil, and then we're going to take this thing by storm and start raising people from the dead. It was a difference in his mindset. It wasn't just, oh, that was a nice moment. It was a, hey, let's launch this thing. He waited 30 years to step into this season and baptize. We don't hear much about his growing up. We think he's a carpenter or something, took over dad's business when he passed away, did that whole thing, moved into ministry and handed it off to his brothers. Like, that's kind of all we know up till 30 years, 30 years old other than his birth and 12 years old. Boom. Now, 30 years old, the whole world gets changed in three years before he goes to the cross. And then, boom, like it changed the world. And then it changed the world. And then you're here to change the world. Because he didn't stop with him at the cross and, ooh, I got resurrected. Let's do this. He handed it to the disciples and said, just wait. And when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive power from on high. What if it's true? That'd be pretty good. Right? Nathaniel likes it. (laughs) He's like totally done with this. I just think it's incredible that God called Jesus into a season in the desert. And Jesus called the disciples into a season to commit themselves to prayer and wait for something that would be so well worth it. So here's what I want to do real quick. Josh came up to me right at like the end of worship and said, man, I feel like there's this, this bucket list word. He didn't give me a real descript thing. But basically this concept of everybody wants a bucket list, right? What do you want to do before you die? Like skydiving and bungee jumping and cave, you know, whatever, okay? But Josh was like, I feel like God's calling each of these students into this place of making a bucket list for your summer, so that your summer doesn't become this aimless, gosh, I'm glad there's no school. I can't wait to do nothing. But actually start to go like, God, I just got baptized in the ocean in front of all my friends. And it was amazing. And I was like full of, like knew you were there and speaking to me. And what am I going to do with this? Start building a bucket list in your own heart. So that's the challenge. You can do that over the next couple of days. I really seriously... Write something down. Make a list. Be like, by the end of the summer, this might look like your devotional life is rocking with God. Like, seriously, you got about 50 days till schools go, till you go back to school, right? Probably pretty close. 50, 60 days. What could happen? What could happen if you took those 40 to 50 days before you go back into your school? A 50-day bucket list. Pentecost hits as you go back to school 3,000 were added to the kingdom in one day because of 12 dudes hanging in a, 11 dudes. I know, right? Come on. I'm preaching. Here we go. I know, and this all sounds really nice. Good. Yeah, yeah. I really, really, really challenge you to do this. Get some paper out and just start writing names down. God, could I have their life? Could I be the key in their life? That they would find you. That they would experience the love of who you are, God. Make a list of names. That's a pretty good bucket list. Because lives in eternity, it's better than bungee jumping. Okay? And I'm not just talking about get out of hell free cards. I'm talking about your friends getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. So they're doing it too. It's not like, oh good, now I get out of hell. Let's move on. 
do our life how we want. It's like, no, your life gets transformed. What a crazy reality we could step into, guys. Like, stuff happens. God doesn't show up on the beach so you can have a warm fuzzy. That happens. It's like, yeah, that was so nice. But, like, what? You've got to do something with it and expect to win. Not go like, oh, man, no, I'm just little old me, and no one understands what happened at the beach. Like, no. What power in your 50-day walk from here to school? Josh has something. He's over here. Get up here. I just want to say yes and amen. <laughs> you know, this really goes. You can't have a, a bucket list if you're not excited about life and about what's happening. And I feel like you guys, you broke through at the beach. Do you feel it? It's called momentum. And that when you have momentum, it's easy to keep it going. And it's easy because you have momentum to gain a greater speed. And, you know, I just, I'm reminded of this, all the prophecies over you guys and Cindy Jacobs. You know, Life Center's famous for revival. But you know what she said? She said, the revival that's going to start in this church that's not here yet She said, it's going to begin with the youth. Maybe, maybe it began on the youth trip. Maybe there's a momentum that you have that's secret and special. And God wants you. He said, be excited about you as I am excited about you. Be excited about me as I am about you. Maybe this is infectious. Maybe this is a fire that's going to spread and take over your life. So I'm just saying. You know, you have to go to God with an expectation. What do you want from him? He's the one who blesses you. He's the one you pray to. He's the one you partner with in great hope. And I just say this last thing, that if it's not personal, it can't be real. It's not about church. It's about your life. It's about your heart. And it's about who he is to you when you leave this room. Isn't, doesn't this feel good? You know, what if this is what God meant high school to feel like? What if God is, this is what he meant middle school to feel like? I'm so excited I'm alive. I can't wait for the next day. Okay? And I just say all this because really, just like Ben said, it's your choice. He's waiting. He says, what do you want? Okay? So I'm just saying enjoy your freedom. And how about getting excited? Like he's excited about you. Amen. There's, you can probably stay up here, Josh. I probably need help, but we're going to have you all stand up. Try not to disconnect. I know standing up is very distracting and you have to talk to six people on your way up. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm ADD too. A- ADD. I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> I'm kidding. Ha, get that. A divine distraction. A-D-D. Come on. Charles says that. I'm like, I grabbed that. Come on. No, it's a divine distraction. That's it. So I'm paying very close attention to where God is taking me any moment. So I think we'd be crazy to talk about all this tonight and not pray for it. (laughs) Would that be fun? Like baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like there's water baptism. Guys, there's power in what what just happened this weekend. And if your heart is stirring and you're like, I kind of want to do it at the beach, but I didn't do it. Or I wasn't at the beach. Can I get on this? Let's do it. 
Let us know tonight. I think we have a clipboard over there on the on the snack bar that says water baptism sign up. We would love to do this. We got this great creek right over here off the river. We don't like the tank thing. It's kind of lame. Anyway, it's like for old people. But we like it's this great creek and a park and it's all natural. We like we've done a number of baptisms out there. We'll do this if this is if you're like, "Ah, oh, I kind of want to do it at the beach, but it just like don't ever don't get like, "Oh, I missed it." No. No, no, no. No, right now, like this month, like let's figure something out. But let us know that you want to do it. If you're desperate to do it this week, I think tomorrow night Travis is doing one. I bet I could pull a favor. He's doing one. It's in the tank. It's not the creek. But the tank is cool. It's, it's about your heart, what you want with God right now. So if something is so stirring in your heart that you're like, I can't wait. We'll go fill a bathtub somewhere and do it. The pastor of Hillsong, New York City, baptized Justin Bieber in a bathtub in the middle of the night in some NBA player's apartment a couple, like a year or two ago because he was like, Justin called him up and was like, I've got to do this right now. And he took him. He's like, I know a guy with a big tub. <laughs> NBA players all have big jacuzzi tubs or whatever. And they took him to the house and baptized him at like two in the morning, like, Okay, let's figure this thing. If God is really stirring on your heart, don't walk out of here going like, oh, maybe later. Like, we'll figure something out. Because it's not, it's not hard to find water. But this is a big deal. So I don't want anybody feeling like, oh, I wasn't on the beach trip. Missed my chance. I wish this was for me. It is for you. But I say there's so much freedom in the Holy Spirit that you can do this thing a little bit out of order and get baptized in the Holy Spirit and then go do the water thing and God doesn't get all worked up like, you did it out of order. Like, are you kidding me? It's a real good, good father. So how should we do this, Josh? Is there an organized way? Should we go after this? It's not really. Let's make lines. Let's make lines. Just give us like three lines across the room. And we're just going to try to be shoulder to shoulder, leave some space between the lines. Because listen, like, there's a lot of different. There's a lot of different ways this thing can happen. It might need to be four lines, but we need more space between them, Kyle. We need, like, that line to that line. Six feet between. Yep. We need some space. So we're going to be organized-ish about this. But seriously, we don't, listen, we don't want anybody to be freaked out right now, like, what's going to happen to me? Because it's really about where your heart's at and what you're asking God for right now. Okay, so if some people end up like talking perfect Mandarin tonight, that would be cool. Hey, that would be wild, wouldn't it? And if some people start looking a little bit drunk, there's no alcohol in the room. Okay, it's I promise. What's the song that we used to sing around here? They're not drunk as you suppose. They're just filled with the Holy Holy Ghost. Ghost. Anyway, that's a good old one. But seriously. It might look like it might look like just being overwhelmed with the emotion of God's love for you. It might look like whatever. I don't want to put a box on any of it, but I challenge you to receive. Okay? And it's not just guys, it's not about just having some experience on a Wednesday night. If your heart is primed to like see the world transformed, will you wait for it? 50 days, 40 days, 100 days, will you wait 10 years? for what God wants with patience and go, God, I want it. When you deliver it, I'm thrilled. But he really comes to a willing heart. 
So we just want to pray. If you can just kind of stay in this place and just receive. We're just going to go down the line and we're just going to pray for everybody. And we just challenge you. Don't worry about the person next to you. Don't freak out or any of that kind of stuff. Just relax. But be in, in, in your heart. Be connecting with God right now. Saying, God, I want, I want to be baptized with more than water. I want a Holy Spirit that fills me with power. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.